You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Buffalo Bills got their asses kicked 41-15 by the Colts. And that means it's time for my Buffalo Blues. It is not victory Monday for Bills Mafia. They took a unfortunate loss. And... Since it's the Thanksgiving week, I'm joined by a special guest in studio. You know her from the Pick'em Show and from our very first episode, Kristen Ortiz. Hi, babe. Hi, babe. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I was a sad boy yesterday. I know. It was a rough day in the house. (laughs) It was. I can't help it. I know. That was not enjoyable at all. It was brutal to watch. It was. And it wasn't, I don't know, it's the first time this season where I've been like legitimately concerned. You know, the Titans game, it's like they lose on that last snap where Allen kind of slips on the the fourth and short. Um, And then like in the Jacksonville game, like they didn't play well, but they end up losing by a field goal. The defense still plays well. This is the first time this season where they've just played poorly everywhere. I mean, the offense didn't get it together. The defense got manhandled. Uh, Special teams, uh, McKenzie fumbled a kick return that led to another Colts touchdown. So it's just like they felt, oh, Tyler Bass missed two field goals. So it's like just everything fell apart for them in one game. So it's tough to even like diagnose where to start it's not like you're second guessing a single decision like in in the other games in in the jacksonville game and in the titans game it's like okay maybe one decision here one decision there changes that game uh that's not the case here like the colts came out and punched him in the mouth on that first drive and the Bills just never responded well after that. Uh, they just got physically dominated, and you know they were probably looking around like, "What are we going to do to stop this?" Because I think we saw, I think it was the San Francisco against the Colts game. It started similar. The Niners went right down the field, ran the ball down their throat, and then the Colts adjusted and figured it out, and eventually won that game on the road in San Francisco. And when we were talking about this game during the Pick'em Show. I said that this seven-point spread was way too big for the Bills. And I, despite the Colts' 5-5 five and five record, I gave the Colts a lot of credit for actually being a good team um, because they really should have been probably 7-3 and three heading into that game. And if they were 7-3, and three, I don't even know that the Bills would have been favored at home. Like, had the Colts been on a seven-game win streak with the kind of teams that they had beaten during that, you know, they lost a couple of close ones. But if they had that win over the Titans that uh, Wentz didn't throw the game away 
at the end of regulation or if they had held on to that win over the Ravens, like I think the Colts would have been talked about as being better than the Bills at that time anyway. It's a tough pill to swallow regardless. But for me, and at least what I've seen from some other people on the socials is, you know, I said it after the Jacksonville game a little bit where my concern was more philosophical than like talent wise. The Bills clearly have talent and... You know, I think that's why the expectations are so high for this team. Because everybody knows that with the kind of players that they have on this roster, they should be fully capable of, you know, being at least back to where they were last year. And on paper, they improved. Like, they're a better team talent-wise than they were last year. So... It's tough to see them struggle in this particular way, and I'm not 100% sure, like, what it is. But the Colts killed the Bills on points off of turnovers. I think they scored two touchdowns off turnovers. You know, Allen was forcing the ball a little bit. But, like, oddly enough, looking at all the things that went wrong in that game... Allen is, like, at the very bottom of the totem pole of, like, he was the reason that they lost. I mean, he didn't play well, but, again, <clears throat> so far down the list of priorities in terms of things to fix, it's like, yeah, his interception on the Bills' first drive, you know, I believe in bad omens, right? And so the Colts go down the field, they score that opening touchdown, and then... The Bills get picked off, and then the Colts make it 14-0, and Jonathan Taylor just scores touchdowns on both of those drives, one on the ground, one through the air. And I'm watching in disbelief as I fired up Jonathan Taylor in fantasy against the Bills defense that I also have in fantasy football. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening here, but it's not looking good. And it's almost like it's almost like the Bills weren't prepared for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I know he's a good player. Everybody knows he's a good player at this point, but his receiving touchdown, like he's just breaking tackles. Like there was a, a rushing touchdown later in the game too. I think it was maybe his third or fourth where he just like froze Levi Wallace on the edge and then cut back inside and still made it to the edge of the pylon. Like he's a great player. Uh, and the reason that the Colts are playing as well as they are is definitely because of him. But the Bills should have been selling out to stop that the whole time. Like, force Carson Wentz to beat you. Uh, I don't know exactly, like, what they were thinking. Like, the one guy on the team that you can't let beat you, not only beat you, but dropped five touchdowns on you. Like, you go back to the Tennessee game, and it's like, all right, the Bills are selling out to stop Derrick Henry. He cracks the one really long touchdown run that's 76 yards. But that's, like, half of his yardage for the whole game. And he scores three touchdowns. But for the most part, like, the Bills did okay with Henry other than letting him get loose that one time. But they dedicated resources to taking Henry away 
and that game was close. Like in this, they just like they played out of their nickel formation too much, and the Colts blocking is way too good for that bullshit. So, like that tells me that like they're not prepared for that game somehow. And it's like this is a team you played in the playoffs last year. Like you saw this philosophy already. Um, you're coming off a game against the Jets where you dominated. And then just everything fell apart. I mean, once it was 14 nothing, it reminded me of like, you know, I don't really play Madden anymore, but there were some of these games where this is how it would go. It's like you, the team would score on you right away on defense. Then you'd get the kickoff and you'd fumble the kickoff return. And before you know it, it'd be 14 nothing. And it's just like, now it's time to just like, can't let it get worse right and so the bills made it 14-7 and then uh they the colts kicked the field goal and mckenzie so it's like yeah the bills were hanging in there they made it 14-7 they hold the Colts to a field goal they're getting the ball back and if they make the game 17-14 right there like it's a game and then mckenzie fumbles the kick return sets up the colts for another short yardage touchdown and uh, Jonathan Taylor again. So he's got three first half touchdowns to make it 24-7. And I didn't like, like going into the half, the Bills are down by this much. They get to the point where they are in Indianapolis territory. Uh, Allen takes a bad sack and fumbles, but it gets recovered by the Bills. And then... He throws this little short pass to Moss, and of course Moss drops it because he's not a good receiver. And I was telling you about this earlier when we walked to get coffee, but like I'm so sick of Moss being in these formations. Like they hang, they hold him in there as like an extra pass blocker, and then when the rush isn't there, he just like fades out for a little, uh, like a little short uh, exit pass for Allen. But they don't connect on this pass very often. It's like over the middle, I've seen Moss drop it at least three or four times this season, and now out on the edge too. It's like he's just not that good of a receiver to have him be the uh, escape hatch on those types of plays. So I think that needs to be Singletary more often than not. And if I'm restructuring things, like the way Braid is playing, like Braid is the number one, Singletary is the number two, Moss is the number three. And then if you get to the second half with the lead, Maybe Moss becomes the number one just on first down to, like, fall forward for a couple of yards, run hard. Then you go to Breda if you're trying to, like, actually run the ball. And then Singletary becomes a third down back in that situation. So that drop by Moss ends up being pretty big in terms of uh, just overall field goal distance. Because they end up in a, a third and super long, third and 22. And the play design on this, like it runs Sanders right to the edge of Bass's field goal range. And it's like Allen didn't look anywhere else. Like they snapped the ball and they were looking for this particular route the whole time. And so he catches it, he gets tackled, and they're like right at the edge of Bass's field goal range at like 57-yard field goal. And under most circumstances, I'm like, whatever, Bass has got a good leg. He's going to probably hit that kick more often than not, but it's windy, it's rainy, it's cold outside. And so the idea to, like, play for that right there 
was frustrating because you're you're basically like, all right, well, we're going to bank everything on making a 57 yarder in the rain and the wind. And even though Bass ended up hitting the upright, uh, he had plenty of leg on it, but that you're just asking a lot from your kicker there, even if he is good. Like, it just was very defeatist play calling, in my opinion. Um, you're like, you're third and 22. Try and take a shot to, like, get yourself a chance to maybe go for it on fourth down. Because I, I could see, like, okay, we'll just take the field goal. Like, if the mentality is, like, let's take the field goal, get to the half, and then we'll get the ball back to start the half. Like, you need that field goal. And if you really need that field goal and that's how you're playing and you want to be conservative in your approach there, you got to get closer than a 57-yarder. And it showed. Because it's like, that's just not an easy kick. Like, even if there was no wind and rain, like, it's within Bass's range, but that's still. You're like, oh, we're just going to bring in our kicker for, like, a chip shot 57-yarder. No. So I really just wish they would have designed something to try to get a little bit more out of that play. Because I think anything under 55, Bass probably hits there. But I really would have liked to see them at least design something to try and challenge for the first down there. At least throw it closer to the sticks. Because where Sanders caught it, it was like, all right, just catch it and go down and we'll kick the field goal here. I, I didn't care for that. And it ended up being a, a miss. So they go into the half 24-7. It's like, all right, that's a bummer, but we're getting the ball. You want to come out and score a touchdown here. And even if you score a field goal, you're down two touchdowns. Maybe you get a stop. You hold the Colts to a field goal. You can make something happen if you get a score to start the half. And they come out, and it's incomplete, incomplete, incomplete off the field. You need to score there. Run the fucking football <laughs> like it's raining outside it's cold it's windy why are you coming out and throwing it three times in a row i get that like you're trying to get back in the game but you need to be able to do something other than just go three and out and it's like i once i like put all this information into my spreadsheet it'll just be like the vast majority of the time where the bills go three and out it's because they come out and they just pass the majority of their punts are pass-dominant uh, possessions. And it's like they didn't value that possession, I think, is what bothers me the most. It's like it's not even the passing, right? They're a pass-dominant team. I get that. It's that this was almost like an unimportant possession for them, the way that they handled it. Because they go deep and they go deep. Uh, they... On second and third down, deep to Knox and Davis um, after going short to Breda. But it's like, you need to move the chains there. You need to get momentum. Like, this is not the time of the game to be taking deep shots. Because it's like, you can't... Say they hit the deep ball and Davis goes for a touchdown, right? All right, well, it's still 24-14. Like, you're still down two scores. You're not going to get the whole game back in one play. And having that mentality was not beneficial to them. And then once they didn't score there... And they punted, it was like they're in really bad shape. They were lucky because, look, right after that, the defense came and they held. And they forced the Colts to a punt. And that's about what you, like, had they gotten a field goal there, at least 24-10, hold, 
hold the Colts to a punt, you get the ball back. And then on this possession, they missed the field goal, but it could have been 24-13 there. And then that's like a manageable game. You're down a touchdown, a two-point conversion, and a field goal. And all of a sudden, the pressure's on the Colts on the road to start putting things together. And, you know, it was just one of those Murphy's Laws type of games where everything that's going to go wrong for the Bills went wrong. Your excellent kicker misses two field goals. Your dynamic return man fumbles. Your uh, number one defense in the NFL, which ain't number one anymore, they can't stop the run. The Bills were only giving up like 80 rush yards a game. And I think Taylor probably had more than that in the first half alone. I mean, he did have a catch too that helped, but nonetheless, they got smushed. So it's like all of the things that the Bills do well just, you know, evaporated. And then after that missed field goal, the Colts come back and Taylor again. And now it's 31-7 and the game's over at that point. Like now you're down 24 uh, late in the game and nothing's going right. You know, if they score and they get it to 31-14 at that point, you got a chance maybe, but you still need some stops and the defense hasn't been stopping shit. So it's, it's maybe not like over over, but I think mentally at that point, like it's for sure over because they've went, they went three and out to start the half. They forced a punt. They got the ball, missed the field goal. It's just like nothing they could do was going right. And then they give up another touchdown and it's just like, all right, well, we clearly can't stop these guys. So even if we are to score and get back in this game, like how do we stop them from scoring? And they just didn't have an answer for that. So that's a bummer. And then after it's 31 seven, if they really wanted the nail on the coffin, Allen throws a pick. <laughs> um, and I really, I didn't like either of the interceptions. I don't think either of them were good decisions, but again, he's trying to get a lot back in this game. They're down. You're, when you're down that much, like you can't even run the ball at that point because you need yardage big time. So what are you going to do? You got to throw. But, you know, shooters got to shoot, as the saying goes. But yeah, once that interception happens, uh, they're in their own territory. And then it's uh, Jonathan Taylor again, 38-7. Now the game's over, over. You're down 31. And that's, you know, you're buried. And then it's like, okay. You're down 31. All the pressure's off. Look what happens. The Bills actually put together a good drive. Also partially because the Colts know it's over, too. <laughs> so their defense kind of finally seeds. But Allen goes to Beasley, misses Diggs. Then he goes to Beasley again. Breda hits a 16-yarder. Uh, you know, there was like there was like some good moments in there, but the vast majority of it was not good. And then Allen finds uh, Diggs for the second touchdown to close it out. And, uh, I mean, at that point, it's, what, 38-15? What was the ending score? I don't remember. 41-15? Oh, wow. Yeah, so they finally score there. It's, like, still early in the quarter, in the fourth quarter. But you're down 23 at that point? Yeah, you're down 23 if you get a stop within like if you get a quick three and out you got a chance to maybe 
get another touchdown in there and all of a sudden you maybe can start bringing in like a last minute onside kick scenario into into your thought process but like in terms of time management uh the colts put together a you know six minute drive after that bills touchdown and they kicked the field goal and they just they cut the remaining time in the game in half and you know i mean it was it was already like over before that but and then they close it out with yet another interception but that was trubisky i think is in the game at that point yeah that, that wasn't a good decision either mitch threw it right to him I don't know what the hell the Bills were seeing, but like the Colts obviously did a little bit of uh, scheming on defense to get into some of the Bills' like favorite passing lanes. So I don't know, just frustrating in every imaginable way. Let me take a look at the overall box score. Taylor finished with 185 rushing yards. I know I saw something online like Taylor and Eckler combines fantasy was like almost 100 points. It was like 99.5 or something. Yeah. And so I'm looking at the numbers here. Allen was like 21 of 35. So, you know, a little bit under the, the ideal like two thirds window, but not terrible. He only got sacked once. The two picks were not great, but the two touchdowns were nice. And then they only ended up running the ball as a team only 13 times. But Breda had five for 51. Like, this guy is electric. You need to get him the ball. And I think they should have figured that out to start the second half. Just get your get your offense some momentum. Like, go drive the field, score a touchdown, value that possession. You can't just come out and go three and out and act like it's not going to matter. Because it mattered. Yeah, because the Colts really didn't. I mean, looking at their receiving numbers and all their guys combined for 106 and a touchdown. So that was Carson Wentz. 11 of 20 for 106 and a touchdown. So they didn't make Carson Wentz beat him at all. Carson Wentz didn't have to do anything. He turned around and handed the ball off 50 times. It's ridiculous. They ran the ball 46 times. And so that's been the thing is that like now everyone's like the bills are soft, right? And it looked like it because they didn't respond well. You know, what I was hearing was that the linemen are on the sidelines after getting their asses dominated, like laughing and joking and having a good time. doesn't seem like it's a good time. (laughs) And there was something that I wanted to look at just because I was talking earlier about uh, philosophy and so Taiwan Jones is 33 Cole Beasley's 32 Sanders is 34 Mario Addison's 34 Hughes is 33 Star is 31 so really their oldest guy is Emmanuel Sanders and he hasn't been one of the guys that's been with this team for a long time. So I'm going to say Jerry Hughes and yeah, I mean, Addison's been there a couple years. Uh, who else? Something, I guess it's just got to be on Hughes. Like you're talking, I was like, this is a young Bills team still. And unfortunately what I'm seeing from them is that they play like they're young and they're they're maybe not as young as some other teams and 
they kind of shot to prominence really quickly with their season last year and getting to the AFC title game. But they're still, like, their average age is, you know, in the mid to high 20s, 27-ish. Like, that's still pretty young. And throughout the season when things were going good for the Bills and they're, like, the front runners, right? When things go their way, like, they dominate you. When things don't go their way, they've had a lot of trouble responding to that so far. And in this game, it was like, at halftime, it's like, well, time to see what this team is made of. And I've been very critical of like, or at least I was last year, of this Packers team that doesn't respond to adversity well. And the Packers lost in Minnesota similarly. Um, they faced some adversity and the Vikings got the better of them, even though the Packers are the better team. Or you would think so. They've shown it to this point, but I guess Aaron Jones being out did change things just enough for the Vikings to get that W. But the Vikings beat him last year, too. Anyway, in fairness, I have to be critical of the Bills and how they have responded to adversity this season because they haven't. I don't know if the Bills have won a game where they've been trailing by more than 10 this season. I know they've lost some games and struggled when they've had the lead in the fourth quarter, but I mean, that's also bad <laughs> when you're winning late and you blow it. And then when you're losing late and you can't get back in it, that's pretty bad too. And so like following the bills through the off season and like during the week and seeing them in practice and stuff, if I'm Sean McDermott, he's a young coach and he's got a young team, but Forget this boxing glove on a stick bullshit. Like he's he's out there with a, a broom with a boxing glove on the end of it trying to like get these guys to focus on ball security. And I, I get it. Maybe that helped. Maybe it didn't. I didn't, you know, only McKenzie fumbled. So maybe it did help. You didn't have any of the running backs fumble. But uh, Allen fumbled again. So I guess it didn't work that well. But I see too much childish shit going on at practice. Like, it's I want these guys to have fun playing, but what's fun is winning in the NFL. When you guys are winning and you want to dance and celebrate and all that, have fun. But these, like, you know what? For now, if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm telling them, fuck the choreographed touchdown celebrations. Fuck your handshakes. Fuck your dancing. Fuck your quarterback races and your somersaults and all that shit. You need to focus on football. And when you guys get back to playing like real football, then have as much fun as you want. And you'll have more fun when you're winning because I'm sure going back into the locker room after a 41-15 ass whooping where everybody on the team basically played poorly, that locker room's no fun. You got nothing to say? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's it's I don't know, it's legitimate panic time. It's not it's not panic time. It's concern time. There's 6 and 4. The the reason that I am most concerned is 
not that they lost the division lead to the Patriots, but it's the style of football that the Patriots play is a run-dominant ball control type of offense that's very efficient, very similar to what the Colts just did to them. And they got the Patriots coming up twice in the next month. And if they lose both those games, which I'm much more worried about now than I was a month ago, because the Patriots have won five in a row, something like that, to get to seven and four. And they haven't played anybody as good as the Bills, but, you know, the Bills have some bad L's. So that Patriots game is concerning. And if the Bills are focused on that and they're not focused on the New Orleans game and New Orleans gets Kamara back, well, what do the Saints do best? Run the football. So you're going to get a lot of Ingram, a lot of Kamara. You you know that Sean Payton was watching this game and figuring out how they're going to use their running game. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm like, we'll bring in Taysom Hill. We're going to go power run. We're going to get Kamara involved in the passing game. Like, I thought the Bills would for sure beat this Saints team with like Trevor, Trevor Simeon at uh, quarterback. But this game is not a layup. The Saints have a good defense. And the thing that they do best is run the football. So that's going to be a problem. Like, the fact that Carson Wentz only had to complete 11 passes. Like, Trevor Simeon can complete, complete 11 passes and they can turn around and hand the ball off 50 times. Saints can do that. And it's in New Orleans not an easy game so it's potentially bills could lose that game too and then if they lose that going into the new england game and then new england beats them and the bills are at six and six they are in serious jeopardy of missing the playoffs at that point because the afc is dangerous and it's very close you saw oh what i was gonna say was watching the the Steelers game last night Mm. that game was 27 to 10 right they're down 17 just like the Bills were it looked like they were basically dead in the water but they get a blocked punt they score the touchdown all of a sudden they take the lead late in that game and so what you saw is that like that's Mike Tomlin's coaching right there like he coached those guys to like we're not fucking quitting on this game And they got back in it, and they almost won it. And it's like they still ended up losing, but if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm way happier with what I saw out of the Steelers than what I saw out of the Bills. Yeah, it's the comeback mentality. It's the NFL. You're 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 always a play away from making the game something. And I think you saw it in the New Orleans-Philadelphia game. Philadelphia was kicking their ass. And then all of a sudden, like the Saints scored late. And Philadelphia had kind of taken their foot off the gas and the the Saints started like crawling back into that game. So it was just really disappointing to see all these other teams around the league that on theory are not as talented as the Bills, but they're just like scratching and clawing their way back into some games where they're getting beaten. That's what that's what I haven't seen from the Bills and missing star Latulule on defense definitely hurt their uh, run, but it seems like the Bills need like a Indomitian Sioux type, just like a like a mean asshole in the <laughs> middle of the defense. Like, look at like Cam Hayward last night in the Pittsburgh game, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he took that penalty for uh, punching Herbert in the stomach uh, after that long run where he chased him down. And 
like it was only half the distance to the goal so it didn't even matter but it was just like he was tired and frustrated from chasing herbert around so he gave him a little like cheap shot to the gut that shit sucks but he comes in on the like a possession later and comes up with a huge play i think it was a tip ball that ends in an interception it's like you need that mean ass mofo in the middle of the defense somewhere and on offense, Spencer Brown is that guy. Like, he likes to play run block. He likes to throw guys around and play downhill. Like, you need those kind of players. And you need their energy. And the Bills, like, they don't really have that guy. It's not a conden condemnation of their, their team. It's just... Like, all their guys are, like, nice, you know? So someone's got to flip that switch, and that's why I was saying Jerry Hughes. Like, he's 33. He's the veteran guy on that defense. They need someone to play angry on that defense because they got pushed around and didn't look good. And, like, Seattle's got that guy in Metcalf, but Metcalf's not the leader. But when Seattle's defense was at their best, you know, they had Cam Chancellor who was fucking mean. Richard Sherman was mean. Earl Thomas was mean. Like, those guys played a mean brand of defense. And the Bills have a good defense, but they don't have a mean one. So they got some soul searching to do, and they got a short week to figure it out. And they, ha they have to. Game. Yeah, and they have to travel too. So it's like. You got to forget this game real quick, but shake it off. Yeah, I don't know. Like from a from a coaching perspective, like yeah, you want to get ready for the Saints and you want to prepare for what they do, but it's like the Saints are the Saints, you know what they do. I would want the Bills. I I would want my players to to remember this ass kicking that they got. And be like, we're not even preparing for the Saints the way that, like, we would normally if we had a long week. You know, we got basically three days to get our shit together and get to New Orleans. You guys need to, like, take a rest. But then, if I'm the coach, maybe just leave it all in the locker room, too. It's like, this is a problem that you guys need to sort internally as players and hold each other accountable for. And, you know, sometimes more is less with coaching. But it's like, because, like, no matter how much Sean McDermott wants to win, uh, whether or not, like, he's properly prepared for game plans or any of that stuff, it comes down to the desire that's on the field. And we saw the Steelers play with that kind of desire to win. And that's why I said last night, I was like, I hope the Bills are watching this. Because... This is a game that the Steelers were dead in the water and they just they willed themselves back into that game. And that's what we didn't see from the Bills. And that was great to watch. It was. Cuz you know, I'm not a big Steelers fan or anything, but I, I always cheer for the underdog and to see them like make a comeback like that. It just I mean, first of all, like it it just shows me that yes, 17 points is not the end of the world. Like that game is still winnable if you you know, cross Try. cross your T's and dot your I's and you grit your teeth and go after it. But you got to try. 
And so, like, if you're Sean McDermott, like, you can lecture your team all you want about, like, they didn't play hard enough or they he didn't scheme well enough or make as, as many excuses as you want. But at the end of the day, it's effort. It's always effort. You saw it in the Jacksonville game. Like, Jacksonville came out in that Bills game, and they just gave a ton of effort, and the Bills didn't match it, and they lost. Mm-hmm. So... It just shows you like how valuable effort is and i think like early in the season the bills were giving it a lot and then they got out to the point where it's like their favorite to go to the super bowl and then ever since then <clears throat> it's been a little bit like rocky like since they became the front runners it hasn't been clean so maybe maybe just let fucking if, if i'm the players on that team we're holding a team meeting and we're holding each other accountable if i'm the coach i don't want to have to like force their hand to do that they should want to put that effort in themselves but that's why i'm saying like jerry hughes emmanuel sanders the oldest guys on the team need to get in their respective groups and get the message across because the way they're playing right now is just it's not good enough right now they're like the wild card team that's what they're looking like. And, you know, this was a team that was favored to win the AFC, go to the Super Bowl. And right now, they're, those, they're falling way short of those expectations. But with the Titans at 8-3 and three and the Bills at 6-4, and four, it ain't over. There's a lot of football left to be played. These things can be corrected. But... They need a philosophical change. Not, don't even worry about the other stuff right now. Like, you know you're talented. You know you have a good play caller. You know you have a good defensive coordinator and a good defense. What you're lacking is mental more than anything. So, hopefully we see it on Thursday because that's a start. If they're thinking about the Patriots now that they lost the division, if they're looking ahead to the Patriots and they don't focus on New Orleans, they're going to get fucking beat in New Orleans. That's not an easy place to go in and win. Sean Payton's a good coach. He's going to have his guys ready. He's going to exploit all the weaknesses that he saw. So focus on New Orleans on that short week. Get your minds right. Go out there and play your damn asses off. And then get that course corrected before you go to that showdown division game on Monday night against the Patriots. That's Monday night football against Bill Belichick. That's a big game. So... Still got love. I'm just disappointed. It was a it was a rough week, and it finally, like the the facade cracked a little bit. Where like you can't make any excuses for that, right? It was always there was always like some other thing in the other games where it's like, yeah, it didn't look great that they lost to Jacksonville, but that's a one score game. Didn't look great that they lost to Tennessee the way they did, but that's a one score game. Winnable games. This game against the Colts, they got their asses whooped. And this game was not winnable, like, very early in the second half. I mean, it was technically winnable, but, you know, this is, what, a three-score game at the end of the game? They lost by 26? They were looking defeated very early on. Yeah. And it's just, like, this is a game where they had a chance, but they also, like, didn't have a chance very quickly. After, as soon as their chance was gone, like, it got really bad. So... <sighs> All right. Shake it off. Shake it off. 
Everyone's got to shake it off. It's a short week. It's a holiday week. It's a holiday week. Um, we'll probably be back on Saturday doing the, the Pick'em show like we always do. Probably not going to do another show before then. So to the three or four people that listen to this <laughs> that are dedicated. <laughs> Thank you and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you and happy Thanksgiving. Take care. Go Bills. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Scheiss Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills.